good traits are wonderful. You're like, we don't notice them when we're genuinely just mm-hmm. being compassionate or disciplined or organized or any of the good traits it is to be a human. But when we all of a sudden it becomes extreme, usually what's underpinning it is some sort of fear. And we get, we, you know, now we become much more pronounced and emotionally charged underneath that trait. Hello, it's Leanne Mallory, and you're listening to Reimagine Leadership, a limited series podcast created by Rise Leaders Radio. I recently designed and delivered a seven-month practice and cohort-based leadership program and thought it might be interesting to explore the trajectory of the program, as well as include a few of the main topics that we covered as part of the program in a podcast series. I hope that you'll check all of the episodes out. After recording the original introduction of this particular episode about Tilt, I realized that I hadn't said anything about Pam or her background, so I'm adding a few words right now. Pam Boney is an innovative thought leader in character science and intelligence. She founded Tilt365.com, a startup that builds leadership and team diagnostics to assess leadership for innovative climate and culture. The Tilt suite of diagnostics combined with team-focused workshop curriculums are designed to help key influencer teams shape a culture where creativity and innovation flourish in an age of technology and disruption. We'll pop over now to join the original recorded introduction. Enjoy the episode. An integral part of the leadership program that we've been talking about here on this Reimagining Leadership series was the TILT 365 assessment. This assessment proved to be incredibly helpful for the participants in the program in terms of learning about themselves and learning about their colleagues. And remember, this was a program that was, it wasn't in-house, but everyone in the program worked for the same organization. So this learning about each other was really important. We'll be covering a lot here in this episode, but what we appreciated was the orientation of this model towards strengths and the developmental nature of the entire TILT system. The model helped us all understand why some things and some people are easy and some are more challenging. Pam Boney is the creator of the Tilt 365 system and she's joining me today here to share the model with us. What I have learned as a practitioner is that there is so much depth to this model. It just keeps going. Pam's done an incredible amount of research and even continues to evolve how she uses it and she shares it with us uh, practitioners. And by the way, if you are a coach or leadership development practitioner, this is perhaps the best ongoing learning community that I have ever been a part of. And I make I arrange my calendar so that I can int- attend your sessions, Pam. Oh, Leanne, thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm so happy to hear that because yeah, I really it's been, enjoy it. Yeah, it's been great. 
So I will include links in the show notes for how to get in touch with Pam and the system and the model and all of that. So look in the show notes if you're interested. But Pam, thank you so much for accepting the invitation to join me today. And I would like to start with your focus on agility, because one of the things that I really like about working with this tool and this model is that your focus isn't just on the model and the tool. It's about what it makes possible for the people who engage with the assessment. So can we start there with agility and why why agility? Why is that important to you? Yes, I'm delighted to hear how you're using it, uh, <laughs> for sure, because uh, I intend for it to be very actionable, you know, something that we can actually do something with. But agility, back to your question, agility, it, uh, you know, became something of interest many years ago because I, I used uh, another personality assessment uh, in my early career and felt like it was boxing me in a little bit too much and that I thought, no, I'm a lot more than that. I'm more agile, you know, more able to be different patterns in different contexts and different situations. And so that was sort of the genesis of why I started researching. Like, are, is that really, you know, are we fixed, you know, personality mm. types? I don't think so. And today, even more so, like agility is a necessity today because we don't get to live in the same community all of our lives and work in the same company for two decades and never travel the world or never encounter people that are so very uh, different because they grew up in different areas from us, uh, different sets of patterns appreciated and so forth. So agility, if anything, has become more important today. And it's a it's definitely a buzzword. A lot of people are using the word agility, but there is there are very specific reasons that we might not be agile that are related to personality and related to a fixed identity of how we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's you know, we try to make it really practical that you can choose to be agile. Yeah, one of my, you know, as I think about my work, uh, doing work with leaders and with organizations is, you know, and there's another term you talk about agile is, you know, a, a term that's in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. And another one is, you know, VUCA, you know, the yes. V-U-C-A, which yes. is volatile, uncertain, com uh, complex and ambiguous. Yeah. And if we, and I don't think we're going backwards. I think it's, yeah. It's only going to get more VUCA if it's if that's possible. Yeah. And it's all parts of life. It's not just the business world or it's all of life it seems really complex. And we can see what I think is, you know, all of the polarization that we're seeing mm -hmm. um, in politics and in uh, other, you know, social issues, I think are rooted or at least related to our fixed mindsets, mm -hmm. our unwillingness to be agile. And that that leaves us stuck and actually in a downward spiral and, and focusing on the wrong things. And so that's, uh, you know, I, that's how I tie perspective, be, being able to take mm -hmm. broad perspectives and many perspectives to agility and to the model. 
Yeah, this I, what you're making me think right now is that, you know, why has this happened and why is divisiveness and, uh, you know, fixed uh, mindsets become even more problematic? I've been thinking about that a lot. Are you interested in talking about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, let's let's go. Uh, <clears throat> if it's interesting to you, it's probably interesting to other people that are listening. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People ask me all the time, like, well, why is divisiveness worse now than it used to be? Well, I think it's because, you know, technology, every wonderful thing has a double-edged sword sometimes, like has the other side of the coin. And technology, we, although we love it and, you know, we're, we're all utilizing it, it's made everything faster. And uh, especially AI and, you know, pointing things to us and social media and us hanging out and living our lives on the internet has caused the people that, you know, we're consumers so it's caused all the companies that can that you know promote to us to promote things that we're already interested in. So if we show an interest in something, we get more of that. Uh, so I think what's happening is that that we've gotten so smart with technology and AI is pointing only the things to us that we've already said we're interested in. So it's just taken us deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into the groove of what we already said we were interested in. And unfortunately, what that does is it, it kind of uh, eventually narrows what we're seeing on our in our inbox and in our in communications on social media and eventually eliminating the ones that we're not interested in, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that we need to be uh, watching. Same with the news media. You know, like I think it's important for us today to not just look at uh, one biased, uh, you know, news reporting. We need to be looking at both and and then trying to find objective sources, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because uh, the more we dig into only what we're interested in, the more divided we become. And the reason we like this is our personality kind of is attracted to (laughs) uh, a certain uh, way of thinking and a certain set of patterns. Uh, So it's kind of like a temptation that uh, the internet is feeding us. Yeah. Uh, so they're, therefore, we're, we're less aware of multiple perspectives that you were talking about. Yeah. And because we're one person, we're not the person that consumes the media at home and on our free time. And then we come to work and we're a more holistic person and able to see complexities. That same person comes mm-hmm. into the office and interacts with people that now we're we're forced to interact with people that are different than we are. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's also how I see, you know, doing something like this, learning about ourselves in the work setting, it like inserts a pause into our life and time for us to stand back and reflect. And while and in, in I would say most any leadership program, you know, kind of the hot topics of, uh, you know, uh, religion and politics and things like that are usually kept out of the conversation. We're still showing up with all of those beliefs and everything. And so if we can, in a safe space, learn about ourselves and our tendencies and other people and their tendencies and start working around, you know, how we can get along better at work. You know, I'm just, I just have to believe, I want to believe that that will transfer into our home lives. And in fact, I know mm-hmm. that much of the leadership development that we do has almost as much impact or maybe more impact on people's personal lives than it does on the business. 
So there's yeah. a, there's a great, you know, there's a, a, a great overlap and integration there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I so agree. I like to say that when we're uh, in a group, especially at work, we, we get more interested in what's going on for my personality. You know, like we're, we're not sitting around by ourselves thinking about our personality. It's when we interact uh, mm-hmm. in a relationship or in a group setting that we kind of go, oh, I see myself here. I see them here. Like all of a sudden the dynamic becomes interesting to us in the work setting, I, I think, or in relationships, at mm-hmm. least in groups, sometimes in families. And yeah, if we can learn it at work, then we can certainly bring it home and vice versa. Yeah. So I don't yeah. matter where it is that we get that awareness of, oh, yeah, when I was that way, there you know, I am like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so maybe this is a good lead into for you to talk about how the model is constructed. There's quadrants, there are styles. But one of the things that I want to say about what that I said, what you just said is that, you know, when we see ourselves showing up and there are elements of this model where I feel like I can go in and see like, where did I get stuck or where did I get triggered today? And I can, I can kind of find why my personality likes to respond that way. (laughs) And then I can look at the model either on the opposite side, like a, a personality style that's opposite of mine, or even some competencies that are adjacent to what I'm really good at. But um, so I have areas that I'm really good, but then there's other places like for me, resilience or spirit is one that I really need to work on. And so when I find myself stuck and thinking of all the reasons why it can't work, if I move to those questions, it really is helpful. And I'm using this a lot with my clients too. So now I've probably lost everybody because they're saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> blah, blah. So maybe, um, maybe now's a good time for you to talk about the model. And again, the show notes are going to help once you've laid this out, people can go back and look at the model again, because I think um, as you're walking through, I know I'm visual and I'll be saying, okay, that's the top, the bottom, the right side, the left side, mm-hmm. etc. So just everyone who's listening, you know, uh, pique your curiosity for what Pam is uh, is about to describe here. Yeah, that's a great question. I think what I've spent my life doing is trying to visualize an architecture of what our inner identity looks like. And then to a very granular degree, you know, it helps us understand ourselves and all of the traits that are either innate or developed traits and how, why those traits are what they are. And also what happens when uh, a, a trait gets triggered and we move into fear because when we, you know, all good traits are wonderful. You know, like we don't notice them when we're genuinely mm-hmm. just being compassionate or disciplined or organized or any of the good traits it is to be a human. But when we all of a sudden it becomes extreme, usually what's underpinning it is some sort of fear. And we get, we, you know, now we become much more pronounced and emotionally charged underneath that trait and now other people are noticing it you know they're like well, wait a minute <laughs> you know like, I didn't like that 
So, you know, I spent many, many years making observations and keep taking notes on every pattern that I saw in others. And then how did I feel about it? And then what happened in me? You know, like when, when he's too blunt, you know, what happens and how do I feel, you know, with that? And do I become defensive? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so all the patterns I categorized into back in the day, it was called the virtues project, but I categorized all these traits into virtues and vices of leadership. Okay. And that those words are very archaic uh, today, but so we've changed them long ago, but they're, they're character traits that are timelessly positive. And then there are overused traits that are underpinned with fear and they're not positive. Usually Mm -hmm. Uh, they may serve you in the moment. They may serve you occasionally. Uh, but if you do them a lot, they're going to actually push people away from you. You know, so I organized this taxonomy of all of these uh, traits that I collected over time into a table, a taxonomy that you can actually print out and look at so that you can examine your behavior and look at a specific behavior that you notice in yourself and then go back to the library, you know, the taxonomy, look at it and go, oh, is that overused or underused or is it right on? So it's, it's, it's actually based on Aristotle's golden mean. Okay. It's how I organized them to begin with. But I thought that was a fascinating theory uh, from uh, Aristotle uh, back in the, you know, old philosophy, ancient wisdom, uh, that positive traits are good in moderation. Uh, but when they become kind of per- what he used to call perverted or, ex- you know, put into an extreme, actually something else is going on. I didn't um, know that Aristotle was the originator of you you know, basically no any strength that's overused become a weakness. That's that's mm-hmm. basically. I, I didn't know that that was from him. It is, yeah, great. That's what I based it on. Well, that yeah. was my first, uh, you know, the first theory was, uh, you know, I thought that was such a good idea. You know, like yes, that's so wise. <laughs> you know, discipline is great, but rigidity is not. You know, honesty is great, but blunt isn't as isn't as much and and these extremes can be used occasionally to get each other's attention uh which is fine we kind of we're kind of forgiving if we do it every now and then but when somebody is repeatedly using a trait that's extreme over and over and over we kind of start going i don't think i want to hang around this person right Um, and, and, and it's often not at work all... too, you know, for on t- in teams, it it, mm-hmm. it creates that resistance and yeah, some a lot of drag in mm-hmm. teams. When somebody else gets in fear, it's contagious. Uh huh. You know, like it it spreads. So so I think you know, like let's somebody, let's say you're interacting with somebody and they start worrying about and having doubt and you know, will help me figure this out. Well, you start feeling like, oh, I have to take care of this person, you know, like, oh, they need me to be strong, you know, so there's all these subtle things that happen that are about energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we might go, okay, well, I'll help now, you know, like you need me right now, I'll help now. But if that person keeps doing that and it, the frequency is over and over and over, eventually you're like, yeah, I can't, I don't have enough energy to take care of you, mm-hmm. you know, so it's. It's how we exchange energy is through personality. Personality is actually a strategy for how we interact socially. Oh, that's so interesting. Personality mm-hmm. is a strategy for how we mm-hmm. interact socially. Okay. 
Yeah. And we learned it in our first human system, our family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so you organized all of this in the, and you said the taxonomy or in the library, was it, I would call it like a circumgraph right now because it is organized. It's organized in a circle, but really there are, you know, there are the quadrants, the top and the bottom, the Mm -hmm. right, the left, and then those combine to make the personality style or the tilt Mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. Um, And before we, before I ask you to go further, why do you call it tilt? Yeah. Yeah. Tilt is a, is kind of a play on a couple of things. I don't like typing. uh, So I wanted something that had more fluidity, like something that you might do instead of be. Mm -hmm. So tilting is something you might do to tilt into a set of patterns in order to get a certain outcome. Whereas type is more deterministic and fixed. Uh, So I like to kind of, you know, it's a, so it's a different T word Uh (laughs) helps you get into action versus just being something. So that's one, but the other is it's sort of a, there's, they use the word tilt in poker. Um, And the way it's used in poker, when you're full tilt, it means that you're showing your emotion and people can read your cards. So it's like they can read the hand that you have. It was, it's opposite of poker face. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is. Mm -hmm. And so when you're, when you're, when you have too much tilting going on and you're over tilting full tilt, then actually you're playing your cards with other people and they can read your emotions. And now they start feeling responsible for your emotions too. Mm cases or they start moving away from your emotions yeah Um, yeah so so it's it's basically you know you want to tilt to a certain degree but not go too far and go full tilt yeah i i work with another uh, consulting firm that uses the the tilt system and i was facilitating a group and on a break the one of my colleagues suggested that i uh, tilt more impact because I was being my my way is to be very thorough and fairly slow and he was picking up that some people were you know like let, let's move it along here and yeah we have that and it was really great feedback I wasn't offended by it at all and it, I knew exactly what he meant when he said and so for those of you listening tilting impact means uh, being faster, being quicker with the decisions and all of that. And so I was I was being very slow and thorough and I was losing people. And so basically he was saying, you know, pick it up, get to the point, uh, be more pointed and, and more concise in what you're saying. So it becomes a, a, a shorthand too, and it's not being weaponized that way. So he was, and I can imagine, like you, like you said, I can imagine myself like a what are those toys that like tilt and I could just imagine myself like leaning more uh, across the side of the model to what was comfortable for me and I knew exactly what to do when I got that feedback that's awesome well, you're using it exactly the way that we intend uh-huh. uh, which is you know when you know the four primary patterns and you're able to be any of the four and on command you know like just very quickly shift into a different uh set of pat of patterns you know mm-hmm. traits 
then you can produce a different outcome. So he was kind of asking you, okay, what's the gist of it? You know, be a little more risk-taking. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to be so thorough. We're ready to rock and roll is what he was basically yeah. saying. Yeah. We're with you. Let's go. And so that's kind of the gist of the, of the impact tilt. And each one of them has, you know, it might be that some I'm impact and very often my team will say, can you please slow down and, and get in the details a little bit with us and go more structure. So, you know, each of our patterns are, you know, like helpful <laughs> at a different time. Right. And, yeah. and other people, if they have the language, the common language to be able to say, Hey, can you be this way for us right now? And you get the concept it enables you to more quickly be agile and, and move into that particular pattern at, at someone's request. Yeah. So is it, uh, as I was thinking about talking about the, the tilt model today, do you typically start by talking about the patterns like impact structure, clarity, and connection, or do you start with, you know, like the quadrants, uh, humanity, courage, wisdom, and resilience? H- how do you, and I probably just lost some people there, but uh, it's just the, the model is appropriately complex. You know, it's not, I think if you get too simple, well, then your questions don't get answered when you start digging into it and say, well, how, why is it this way? But I, I want people to leave today understanding at least I think those patterns, but I, or the profiles, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you picture. also, yeah. So um, walk us through that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I like to start with simplicity. Yes. Okay. You know, so we usually don't start with the whole taxonomy and the Aristotle's golden mean, but that's how it was built. <laughs> you know, like that's how I began. It actually wasn't a circumplex for the first 15 years. It, it just became one in 1998. And I, when I saw the relationship of the circle that I had created in the linear uh, part of it, but I like to now start with the circle. Mm-hmm. So let's the circumplex and you have the top, the bottom, the left and the right. Mm-hmm. The top and the bottom are two thinking preferences and two, two patterns that people usually prefer one over the other. So your, your tilt is, is, is different from mine. So you mm-hmm. in the thinking preference prefer more logic, more thorough detail, more knowledge, information, historical data, empirical evidence, uh, logic, practical information. I see you smiling because you love that. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> well, that's just the right way to do it. <laughs> of course it is. And, and I, on the other hand, it prefer the top, which is imagining and what's the future, what could, what's possible conceptually, you know, like what, what might be the future, you know, so more conceptual, you know, less, less tactical actually, and more strategic, more uh, conceptual, you know, ideas uh-huh. um, uh, that are based on kind of more intuitive ways of thinking. However, one without the other is a problem. Yeah. So I, <laughs> right? you know, listening to you, I'm imagining, so I can see the model in my head right now, but I can also see like in polarity management mm-hmm. that you're not deciding between something that's good and something that's bad. These are both positive traits to have that we want to be able to to play in 
Like, mm-hmm. I need more practice playing in possibility and risk taking and all of that. And I don't know if you need more, you know, uh, oh, of course rational I did. and logic, but uh, I can speak for myself. And I know that when I get stuck, I need to move more into possibility and vision mm-hmm. and, 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 and risk taking, which is mm-hmm. hard for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have both. Uh, yes. you know, physiologically, we have both. We have, or, you know, we, it's not left and right brain exactly, but we like to refer to it that way sometimes. But right brain is that conceptual part. You have that. You have the imagination. You have the creativity, et cetera. And I have the logic and the practical and the historical right. logical data. <laughs> you know, so we we both have those parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just we prefer one over the other. You know, yeah. so we nurtured it more. Yeah. And as you've nurtured it more and it works for you, you, your, your brain uses the other one a little less. And so that's why we, you know, it's, it is harder for us. We have to actually, you know, intentional, intentionally go there when we get stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's the top and the bottom. So okay. those are the thinking preference. And then the left and the right are our feeling preference um, on the left in the, in the model, it's the heart uh, versus, you know, the, the gut or the body. Uh, so the heart patterns are about feelings and taking care of people and relationships. So it's about nurturing and empathy and likability and compassion and trust and these sorts of things mm-hmm. that help us build relationship and help us belong and, you know, to one another and interact as, as humans and systems. So that preference is more taking care of others, you know, so more nurturing and compassionate and the other are also feelings. And those are tenacity and passion for justice and doing the right thing and accountability and integrity to, you know, the law. And, you know, so it's, it's a different uh, set of of feelings, but it's still emotionally based. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's about passion versus compassion. You know, so it's uh, confidence, courage, uh, you know, the, all of those sorts of things, sort of our hero, warrior uh, part. And we have both. We all have a heart. We all have a gut. Our body likes to get in, you know, experience and try things and be courageous and do different things. So we all have both. Well, we prefer one or the other mm-hmm. more than the other. And so we nurture it more. So that's that's the four, you know, we have to decide like, What's my preference in the thinking? What's my preference in the feeling? Uh-huh. And then those two come together for the tilt pattern. Um, so we have a preferred feeling style, a preferred thinking style. Those two come together in the corner uh, and tell us the way that we most like to interact. And that's our personality strategy. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that people that are listening are like tracking now. Okay. Top, bottom you know, that the vertical axis is the way we think, the horizontal axis, how we feel. And then when we combine those, and it could be that as you're listening, that you can already, you've already found your quadrant, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I am definitely, you know, more thinking and more gut. That's, that's primary, but I, I am a very close second with the, the heart too. So I'm, you know, that that's where my where, where my tilt mm-hmm. is. So why don't you start go around the corners now and combine and 
with, you know, when we, when I said impact, you know, when I was given the feedback, I need mm-hmm. you to tilt more impact. What does that mean? What, which two so impact is for the, impact? So the two adjacent quadrants or meta strengths that you're putting together for impact are the, the possibility thinking, you know, so idea focused, we call it resilience um, and courage mm-hmm. is the feeling style. So you put courage and resilience together and you end up with the impact style. And so then the impact style is really focused on speed. And that's what, you know, your colleague was saying, okay, we're with you. So you can go faster. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're with you and we're about to go to sleep. (laughs) Well, probably not, but no, no. it, it could also, let me just say, it could also have been that he's impact. And he and is. So, okay. Well, he just wanted you to go faster. And, and there could have been other people in a different tilt pattern. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it did. I will, I will say too, that when I sped up, it felt good to me too. It oh, felt that's good. more energizing. It felt more lively. And so that was good. That was good counsel. You know, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. comfortable for him, but it was also a little more fun for me when I started like it up and, and doing that. So again, to your point that we are really capable of tilting, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can do that. And when I did it, I was, I felt more energized and I, I had more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who I work with CEOs and particularly entrepreneurs and that group tends to be a high impact group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that is that your your experience and what you find as well? Yes, because the the impact tilt pattern has to have a certain comfort with ambiguity and a tolerance for risk. Mm-hmm. Um so you find entrepreneurs like you know they're counting on themselves, you know, so they they have to be confident enough to be okay with a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. And that's not comfortable for everyone. It's not right. for everyone. But yes, uh, the pattern of impact you will see are small team leaders usually and entrepreneurial, you know, like the, the reason is because what uh, motivates them is freedom and autonomy. Mm. Uh, When you put freedom, creative freedom and autonomy together, the two underpinning needs of the two quadrants, put those together, that's the entrepreneurial role is perfect for them. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's go down the right side and combine now the courage and the wisdom wisdom quadrant for structure. Okay. So wisdom, of course, likes a lot of data, the data, right? So the data, the knowledge, the, the scholarly input, the historical empirical information. So that person is going to combine that with the courageous results oriented, you know, uh, tenacity and passion. So you, so the structured tilt is we call it the mastermind uh, because they're fabulous problem solvers. Mm-hmm. They can dig in the details and they're very courageous about addressing, you know, things accurately, you know, like this is what the right thing to do is. This is what we need. These are the results that have to happen. You put the courageous uh, warrior together with the the wise, you know, like knowledgeable scholar, and you put, you have those two things together and you, you, you do have a tremendous, um, you know, problem solver, builder, um, architect, Mm. uh, of, of systems. 
Mm-hmm. And who would we, what roles typically do we find in structure? Yeah. So any, any uh, role where there's a lot of organization, a lot of details. Uh, so for example, accounting, uh, architecture, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, an architect, when they're building a building, they've got a lot of details that have to go together in order to get the foundation, the footings, the, you know, the infrastructure, like everything has to go together. Right. So they're very, very good at very detailed and conscientious planning mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for scalable systems. So, you know, you don't want to go build a skyscraper uh, with an impact tilt. Uh, the impact tilt person might have the idea of how it could look, mm-hmm. but really want that thorough thing you were talking about. You're going to, you you don't want to go up in a, you know, big structure uh, that wasn't designed by a structure. Yeah. Person. yeah. So would we have, uh, would we find like project planner types mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe I think system engineers, maybe also engineering, software engineering, okay, Mm -hmm. software engineering, all of that also Mm -hmm. in the structure tilt, Mm -hmm. and which is also my primary tilt. Mm -hmm. And I love curating. Like I Mm -hmm. like, that's why I like doing these like long leadership programs, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of parts that uh, when they fit together, it's, you know, and that elegant fitting together, that elegant integration is always what I'm looking for, you know, and are yeah. all the parts being taken care of, like, is the psychological, the physical, the all of those needs? And are we tying back to the the goals of the organization? And so I, I love it's very dynamic for me, that be, being like, I, I actually like, I like this, structure tilt. We find that the consultants that are structure and also trainers that are structure are the best ones. Usually mm-hmm. that skill project management, same thing, because they've got to be patient enough to, to take it from conception, planning process, deliver it, mm-hmm. and then come back and evaluate it and make it better. And that requires a lot of patience, a lot of conscientiousness, a lot of detail, and a lot of figuring out how can we make it better next time. Mm-hmm. Problem solver. Yeah. And for me, I know partnering with someone who has more of that top quadrant to um, the the resilience, the the visionary and all that, when I can partner with someone like that, then it the fun comes in, the mm-hmm. visionary, the you know, the innovation comes in when I'm with someone else, mm-hmm. or at least thought partner with someone who has that tilt or more competency there. All right. Well, so let's, let's go to go, the connection tilt. Yeah. Is that where or you, you want to just go? Yeah, let's just since we're there, let's just go to the connection tilt. So where, yeah. where on the model is that? So the connection tilt is opposite of structure. So it's on the other side. So, and that's the most playful, fun uh, <laughs> uh, set of patterns. So you went there. So I'm going to take you up there. So it's the combination of ideas and the resilience, you know, the future, you know, the the, the creative uh, ideator and the combination of humanity. So taking care of people. So the, the mm-hmm. human art part. So when you put the heart and the people and this is how we're going to connect and engage with one another with the ideas, you put those two together and you've got the cross pollinator, the connection Mm -hmm. cross pollinator. 
My favorite uh, example is Oprah Winfrey, you know, the great curator of like people and ideas and pull people together that have different ideas and share them with the world. So that particular quadrant, very entertaining, you know, playful. They're thinking about like, is this going to be enjoyable? They're very likable, uh, great with hospitality, tuning into trends aesthetic beauty like does it look pretty does it look like a good venue are we going to enjoy this is are people will people be engaged uh-huh. etc so that would make a great partner in a program like what you're delivering to have somebody caring about the hospitality aspects mm-hmm, of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and as you're speaking even there are parts of what you were saying that i jibe with that oh the the physical space and all of that is really important for me as well the, you know, the fun and the connection and all of that is doesn't come as natural, but I know it is vital when you bring a group of people together. So, so even some of that, I naturally go towards some of that. And some of that is, is can actually be a blind spot for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but we, I think this is how nature, you know, co- helps us to become whole throughout our development is that we're attracted to partners or people that we work with or people in our friends or, mm-hmm. you know, spouses, partners, anybody that we're attracted to, that's the opposite pattern yep. of ours, uh, helps us see parts of ourselves that we didn't see before and that we kind of like it. And we were, you know, when we hang around people that are different from us, we become a little bit more like them. They become a little bit more like us if it's a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if it's not, and everybody's in fear, then it's going to create polarization mm-hmm. and divisiveness and problems. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But if it's a healthy relationship and healthy respect for one another, then we become more like each other. Yeah. And I, um, I, I also love the Enneagram and I'm my opposite on the Enneagram is also the adventurer or the epicure and and after I learned about that system, I realized that most of my good friends are my opposite because uh-huh. they are the people that will, you know, plan the fun, uh, you know, plan the fun and make me laugh and all of that things that I don't naturally do, but I naturally gravitate. And I, of course, really enjoy people just like me. And we get into these really serious, deep conversations. And my, the people that I really enjoy being around are, tend to be my opposite or, or many of them are, and they really pull me forward in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear that so often. (laughs) Uh, And even we are different, you know, if we're doing one tilt pattern at work all day, sometimes when we go home, we, we might pull in those opposite traits Mm -hmm. and be completely the opposite at home. Yeah, uh, in our social life with our friends and so, and so on. So we're multidimensional yeah. Yeah. and very contextual. And that's why I like the idea of tilting. You know, like you might tilt different when you go home. You might tilt different when you're out with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we have one more profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's cover that one. All right. This is the one that's called Clarity, the Quiet Genius. And this is the combination of the humanity traits or the heart traits of relationship plus the historical, logical wisdom part. So think of this together, somebody that's very humane and kind and and nurturing and add that to uh, someone who's thoughtful and mindful and and logical. 
makes a great, great advisor, right? This the the quiet genius, it collects information, incredibly knowledgeable, and they think all the time about how information impacts people. So they're always thinking about those two aspects. And so when you interact with a clarity person, they're usually going to be quiet. They're never Mm -hmm. self-promoting and they're always caring. They're always taking care of others, but they're also full of information. I mean, they just love gleaning information and investigating. Uh, So they make great troubleshooters, you know, like, you know, they'll tell you, well, that's a good idea, but here are the 18 ways that I could see that going wrong. (laughs) Uh, And it's because they really study a lot. They really do investigate the details and they do, you know, they're, if anything, they can, they can tend to worry or get, you know, analyze a little too much and get uh, too much in that, just like the other three can get too much in their full tilt. Right. So that, so clarity that we, we, we always think of them as kind of the nicest of all four, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Cause they're just so nice to be around and you can trust them implicitly. They're going to die with your secret. Like they're just uh, really wonderful to be around and highly reliable. And you can always count on them. Like they're always going to be there for you. They really care about relationships and they're able to care in such a thoughtful, mindful way Mm -hmm. that we really, you know, feel like this big, huge hug happened. Yeah. And I, uh, I coach a lot of clarity people particularly like in the IT industry or whatever there will be, uh, you know, there will be a combination of structure or, or or clarity. And one of the hardest things I find for a clarity tilt is self-promotion, being in a meeting and speaking up about their ideas or what, what might go wrong. And that's often the, the path of development for them. And, so what I want to do, because we're running short on time here, and I and I want to get into like the developmental aspect of this. So we've gone through the the thinking, the feeling styles, and then the four tilt patterns. And like I said, I used this model, this assessment in this long leadership program, this multi-month leadership program, for all the obvious reasons that we've been talking about but also because it was easy to find a developmental path. And also in the report that someone gets on the final pages, it makes recommendations for you to try this. And so now that if people have a an idea in their head, one thing that people could do is go to the opposite. So in my group, there were a lot of clarity tilts. And the opposite of the clarity is that impact, you know, being quicker decision, risk taking, all of that. But for some people, that was some of those actions felt too far reaching for them. You know, they weren't quite ready for that. So they could also go to to the adjacencies. They could go to a something that's next to their pattern and see okay, I'll try this. And I want to give an example of, so I was talking with the client yesterday, clarity tilt, and this person is is stuck. They want something to happen. And as we were talking about, 
actions that they could take, they started throwing up all these reasons why it wouldn't work. And so what we did is focus them on the resilient, the idea, the possibility, which is more of an adjacent instead of opposite for this person. It was adjacent. So we could go through and think, what, how might this work? Or how could you make that work? And so in this program, everybody got their tilt profile, and then they took on a practice that they would commit to for the remainder of the program. So they had about six months left in the program, and we have a practice tracker. And so in addition to choosing their behavior, many of them then either asked their cohort, so they were in smaller groups, and or other colleagues that they worked with and said, here's what I think I need to work on. Is this your experience of me? And what actions could you recommend? Or here's what I'm thinking about. Does this sound right to you? And then they've been tracking that throughout the whole program. And then as they made it known that that's what they were working on, their colleagues would support them. So for one woman, she was clarity and she really wanted to be more bold. And so some one of someone in her cohort was tasked with making a presentation in front of a group and, and and she handed it over to her colleague and said, I'll support you, but I want you to do it. And this is a safe place. And so there was all of this support and it just kept building on each other. And so I haven't talked to you about how we used the tilt in this program. It's, it, it's awesome. It really worked well. And I'm wondering yeah. how else you... Is this in alignment with how you've seen other people use the profile in a long leadership program or yeah. else? You know, as people are listening, what other ideas would you have? Mm -hmm. I love what you're doing, Leanne, because I think that's brilliant. You're kind of helping them into it with something that is a little more comfortable because it's an adjacent uh, mm -hmm. train, not an opposite train, the opposite side. And it's, what it's doing is everyone is sharing and, you know, here's what I want to be working on. So they're being public about it with each other in a safe space. And that's the key because we're all human. And when it, it's, it's nice to be able to say, okay, well, that impact person needs to work on such and such, and I need to work on this and we can help each other uh -huh. as opposed to mine is better. That one's not. You know, like that's what can happen if you just go in and talk about your different styles. Yeah. It, you can, you can weaponize it, as you right. said. I was going to say it gets, it gets weaponized. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you can weaponize tilt too. Like we don't want people to do that, but it, I've seen it, uh, you know, so you do have to be careful with that, but I love your tracker. I love that you've got them choosing something that they can agree to that they feels like true for them. I could do this more and that you've got others helping them do that. One one thing that comes to mind is the sentence starters. I don't know if you're using yes, that. Yes, I did. In fact, I used that with my client yesterday. I pulled <laughs> it up because I had already shared it with him and I pulled it up and we just kind of went through and and instead of like how could we, we changed it how could I? And <laughs> so we 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 made those we use the sentence starters with the with the blocks and the barriers that he was throwing up for all the reasons why uh, yeah. it couldn't work. 
Yeah, the, the patterns that the person that's opposite of us use feel awkward because we haven't practiced them. So it's like putting on a new pair of shoes, you know, like they're not going to feel good for a while. Yeah. You know, we have to keep doing them for a while and then they get comfortable. So that's, that's it. That's the, you know, we've got to, we've got to let ourselves out of that comfort zone and get that external validation and support, you know, that, okay, yeah, that was good. You know, yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> go for yeah. it. Yeah. I could like just speaking with you here, I feel like I, I've got another hour or two or three worth worth of questions here. What I want to do, though, <coughs> is is direct people to your website. I also want to say if after listening to this, anyone wants is interested in uh, taking the tilt, just reach out to me. I'm obviously qualified and I can um, help anyone with with the tilt, you know, <laughs> understanding your tilt profile. And there, I I really would love people to go to your website or anything else that you've got going on. So why don't in, in these last few minutes, you tell us about what you've got going on, how people can reach you, what's the best way to learn more about Tilt and even how to get certified in it if, if someone's listening and they want to really dig in deeper and be able to use this. Yeah. So the way to find us is tilt365.com. And we actually have a new website coming out in June. So it it's uh, exciting. We're pushing that out uh, right now, doing some QA on it. Uh, so the Till 365 will be uh, refreshed with a whole new brand coming out. Uh, but you can certainly go there now. You can get certified, of course, like Leanne is, and you know become a learner of Till in our affiliate program community where we meet all the time and keep talking about it and keep learning know, about it. That's awesome. Uh, that's really fun. I I hang out with the whole community twice a month, one in an education, kind of ed- continuing education on the, the content of Tilt. And the other is like, you know, how to build it into your systems and use it application wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so and you can also write to me, Pam at Tilt365.com. And we do work through our partners, though. So we absolutely encourage you to reach out to Leanne. Uh, so I hope they're going to see your email if they come through you, we're going to love that because then they're going to feel supported and so forth. But anyway, we love uh, working through people on the ground, working mm-hmm. you know, with these programs, especially the longer programs like you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. exactly what we want because it does take a little while. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we didn't talk about because that wasn't the focus of the program that I'm doing right now, but there's a whole body of work around how to use this with teams with mm-hmm. intact teams, teams that are actually working together. And so you can get a team agility report. So right now with this group that I'm working with, what we were, were able to get, everybody got their individual profile. And then we were ap- act- able to see what the whole group, you know, how the whole group mapped, you know, how many were all the different profiles. I suspect that I'll be doing more work inside the organization with team agility. So using the tools for intact teams and how to increase agility as, as a team. So we, we didn't talk about that today, but that's a, that's a whole other body of work that you all have. That's a big uh, focus for us because we, we get really interested in our personality in a team Mm -hmm. as earlier. And we're, we're starting to experiment with labs which is basically yes. using, you know, really going into a, 
the true problem that the team wants to work on. And then we just use tilt as the scaffolding, the architecture underneath the surface so that we can have a common language for how we observe what that team is doing as they're solving their own problem or as they're, you know, creating some new solution. Um, so we, we have them actually working focused. And then you as the consultant are able to observe what's going on and point out the different tilt patterns that are unfolding and how all four of them are necessary to mm-hmm. innovate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that call that you did in the affiliate program where you talked about how you had used it. And again, this is where your impact tilt, you know, your ability to uh, envision and take action and take risk is so good for someone like me. Um, it, it made so much sense. And it it's not something it's not an approach that I would have thought about. But I actually feel comfortable doing it. I just mm, wouldn't have I thought bet. about it. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. say that, Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna add one more thing that I think is important, and that is that most uh, personality assessments are kind of once and done, and you're, mm-hmm. which is good. We we love all assessments, and we think they all have value. But what we've done is built a system that you can kind of t- take over and over, so that you can use it in different ways and see yourself in different contexts, mm-hmm. uh, how you shift and change. So that's yeah. important to note that it's. Uh, something that we want people to realize like, Oh, right now I'm tilting different than I wouldn't, than I often do or prefer to do uh, because the context is calling for it. Yeah. And I will add one, one other thing here because you have the positive influence predictor as well, which is like a 360. So you can actually get feedback from other people because, you know, we're taking a self-assessment and it's, fairly accurate, but it's also based on the way that we see ourselves. But it's interesting, too, to have other people give their opinion, you know, like, how yeah. do I see you? So you you have, like you said, different, uh, different iterations. And the content, I just think you keep learning and you keep going deeper, even though you've been doing this for a few decades now. Mm-hmm. It, it just keeps it just keeps growing. And that's one of the things that I love about it, too, is that I feel like it's a system that's always, um, always learning and changing. And I, and I really appreciate that. So thank you for what you're doing with, with this system and, uh, certainly for spending time with us all today on the, on Zoom on this call. Thank you. It was my pleasure, Leanne. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed this episode. As a reminder, this is part of a Rise Leaders Radio limited series podcast called Reimagine Leadership. There are several additional episodes focused on various aspects of a seven-month practice and cohort-based program that I developed for the Girl Scouts of Northeast Texas. I've included links to various topics that we've discussed, and you can find those in the show notes for this episode. Be sure to listen to the last episode in this series where we'll be reviewing the results of the program, what we learned, and how we're thinking about our next steps. In addition to curating leadership programs like this, I also offer executive coaching and strategic approaches to leadership and team development. Please reach out to me via the contact information on my website at www.rise-leaders.com. And by the way, Rise Leaders Radio is on YouTube now, 
And this is probably the best way for you to leave comments or engage in a conversation with me regarding this or any of the episodes. And of course, finally, if you found this episode useful or interesting, please share it with others and leave me a nice review. Thank you so much. And remember that you have the power to elevate your part of the world.